The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. divers what's up what is up it is me your host anthony mullen what's going on i uh hope you guys have been enjoying the past couple episodes i've dropped some videos going on uh as well I'm working on that youtube content more is coming i'm uh working at taking the audio and just putting it up on youtube so if someone wants to go to youtube and just listen to the episodes i'm gonna say go for it it'll just be a simple uh cover art and then the audio so that's coming to it uh keep an eye out for that vinyl divers podcast on youtube check it out there but enough about that promoing let's get into today's episode because uh due to the title you can see that there is a new series starting this is going to be a building the collection and i brought on a good friend uh as a guest today good uh fellow podcaster past five years a music uh Man, just a mentor through music, introducing me to new genres, artists, albums, and I figured it, would, it wouldn't it would be right to do something like this without bringing him in on it. It's a good friend, partner of crime, Christopher Chavez. So, What's going on? Uh, so <laughs> I wanted to start this new series of building the collection, and it's the idea that, all right, you have a vinyl collection. You're uh, just getting into this because vinyl is now a cool thing again. Kicked off about like five, six years ago. And these new people coming into it go, well, what albums do I buy? Vinyl's old, dude. It's back to CDs now. Back to CDs. We're back on CDs now. All right. I mean, I can even say, I guess you could still build the collection for CDs, but the hunt. I'm just kidding. No. Yeah, the vinyl. The of vinyls. Uh, when did you start getting vinyls or having a vinyl collection? My own collection? Yeah, like Not own until collection. I got my mom's old collection. Right. I didn't collect vinyl when I was younger. Okay. I mean, my parents had vinyl, but I didn't. I had a CD collection. Oh, I see. Yeah. Really? Well, right. first before CDs was tapes, cassette tapes, and I had a ton of those. Okay. Used to have a little a little carry case that had little slots for each. No lie, and it looked like maybe um, yay long, right? Okay. About the size of this notepad, but deep enough for the cassettes, and then there would be like it hold maybe thirty. Okay. Yeah. So when you went to go build the collection of cassettes, was there anything specifically that you, or is it just like you just bought what you could or is there a hunt or it wasn't about see back then it wasn't that it wasn't about collecting your music and creating a music collection. I just had tapes of the bands or, or music I liked. That's it. Just okay. wanted to have the stuff I liked. And I made a lot of mixtapes too. All right. So, uh, I guess the thing now with vinyl, though, is that if you're going to invest the money in the vinyl, because oh, yeah. everything's just at access through streaming services or Spotify, iTunes, you know, you name it. To go off and say, I'm going to get a vinyl, that's a little bit more of an investment or a hunt if you're going to try and get it used. Yep. Um, so I thought the idea would be great. So let's build this collection and let's start it off. Yeah, dude, it wasn't until I started getting into digital that I really started to collect music to be a collector and be like, I need this album or I want this entire discography or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've always loved music and appreciated music and there's, and for, so for this, what we're doing today is it's, it's a no brainer because there's thousands and thousands and thousands that, you know, uh, of albums out there. Uh, 
to just pick five. It's like, all right, cool. I can pick five and know exactly for sure I'd want them in my collection. Sweet. So let's get into it. That's uh, what this is, right? What is this yeah. one? This is just going to be uh, building your collection. First five albums that you'd want to bring into it. Oh, see, now you put a stipulation well, on or it. So, I mean, I you mean, said the first five. like, Or, so, or, or bring it in five. So, I mean, I didn't... I just wrote down five must-have right. albums. Five. Like, for me, these were albums for sure you've got to have in your Okay, collection. well, that's initially what I was going to say. It was must-have, but you said it was just a whatever. <laughs> All right. So, these are five must-have albums for the collection, then. Yeah. You're building it. These are five that... Uh, whether you try to get first, whether you're these are the ones that if you're looking through the bins that you're always keeping an eye out to pick up on vinyl. Um, I mean, you didn't you you didn't listen any you didn't list yours in any particular order. No, these are just five. They're, they're not like my top five. They're not, you know, the greatest of all of the albums. But these are for me. I was just like, okay, immediately, so, like one, two, three, four. Actually, all of these came to mind immediately. Um, in terms of, yeah, I'd own this is an important album. All right. So let's get into this. Cool. Um, I did the same, just kind of listed five. So I'll let you go off and first right. one. I'm going to start out with Jay-Z's Volume 2, Hard Knock Life. That album is great. I remember it when it came out driving around in Florida uh, in my younger days, banging that album. Um, it's got the title song, Hard Knock mm-hmm. Life, which takes from the uh, Little Orphan Annie you know, Broadway play, the musical. Uh, they sample that became a huge hit for him. And I, I think it for that, that was his second album and it solidified um, basically who he was going to be. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this was some kid, this was the guy that was going to fill the shoes of Biggie in the, in the city of New York. This was right after Biggie died. So it was like, who's going to step up and fill those shoes and be the guy that's going to, you know, and this was on his way up. Like this was one of his more, um, I don't know. For me, it was a little bit more of a raw album. You can tell he's younger. There's a little bit more swagger. There's a hunger in what he's saying. You know, it's not all about trips to Paris and and this caviar lifestyle and club, you know, 4040. Uh, it's it's about this kid who was coming off the streets and doing what he had to do to hustle. And, and dude, freaking love it. Super young Jay-Z. Good stuff. Nice, nice. Oh, uh, yeah. First off on my list, I'm just going to pull down... Uh, I'm going to throw it right off on the bat. Kiss Alive. Oh, good album. Uh, I, I would say, yeah, I'd keep this in my collection. I, I work very hard. And when it comes to vinyl, like there are some albums that I think I get that are greatest or best of hits. But for me, I personally try to stay away from those unless it's just a bunch of singles. And this is a greatest hits album, I think, of Kiss. But as far as that, it's one of the best live albums ever. Uh, you, you put this on. I mean, I've had this on CD. I've had this on every time I get a new service or streaming service. I make sure I have this in the collection. This is one of those albums I know I could pl- put on, put the headphones in, or drive, and just you're at the concert. It's fully immersive, completely. Uh, Which song? Man, I mean, I love Rock and Roll Night Party every day on this one because it's. It, you, you definitely can tell the difference between the live energy comparative to the uh, studio version. And the ones that you hear on the radio is always from it's uh, always the, live, the live version. Yeah. And, and it's definitely so iconic, but I feel it has uh, become overplayed a bit much. Um, I do love... Oh, my gosh. What else is on this one? It's the... Uh, I'm almost positive this one has Love Gun on it live. And, I mean, Love Gun is my bread and butter of a Kiss song. And it's just this is the CD that this brought me right back to. I mean, I've seen them three or four times. I did the like the live uh, 
the lip sync concerts. So I used to listen to these, all of the live albums nonstop. But I think the first one is just iconic. It was a good first greatest hits, quote, quote, of here's our best live songs. Enjoy it and be and feel what it's like to be at a concert with us. Nice. What about for you, like second? Uh, my next album up, Nirvana, Nevermind. Their second album, the one that blew them up, Smells Like Teen Spirit, the song that when you hear it, you know it's Nirvana. Immediately, everybody knows the song. So much so, uh, and the band. And I, I, I just watching her, I think I told you this recently, we were watching the documentary uh, Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. And um, this is his favorite band of all time. To watch Dr. Dre screaming along to Nirvana is is one of the coolest things I've probably ever seen in 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 in, in my life, honestly. Uh, but yeah, dude, this this band was so so iconic and influ- so influential in my development in my youth. Like this is one of those bands that. So you know when you're growing up, you're listening to your mom's music, your dad's music, your grandmother's music, mm-hmm. but then you start to hit an age where you start to like different music that they don't, and you start to be like, well, this is my music, right? Nirvana was one of them. Nirvana was literally the band that my generation said, you know, they know what we're going through. They speak for us. They understand what it feels to be kind of going through this developmental stage, being a, an, a, an angsty teenager, you know, um, and, and dealing with what it feels like to not not have connection to certain things. And and these, that album, man, from top to bottom, beginning to end, is just absolute pure sonic amazingness. It's just it's so fucking good. You know, Kurt Cobain's. I mean, he's, he can sing, and everybody said he mumbled, but if you really listen, he can sing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when he turns on like that fucking chainsaw screaming of his, you know, his throat's just like, ah, dude, so, it's- so good. And the, the, the distortion was intense for its time, right? Um, there's also a story that you know, when they were recording it in studio, uh, Dave Grohl used to pound the shit out of his drums so hard that when he was done, there was literally sawdust all around the drum set because he'd fucking just destroy those 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 uh, drumsticks. But yeah, dude, uh, Nirvana's Nevermind, literally an iconic album of all time. This would be in my top five, but you have to have this in your collection. This is a must-have in the collection. I I don't think I have this one, but I have another one from them. I'm pretty sure. I think I have Bleach. The first one, yeah. yeah, I have that one from them, and this is definitely uh, one that I have been waiting to pick up. I'm always debating whether or not you want to get the newer version, or do I look around and see if I can find an old find vintage. an old version. Find I the feel vintage like for one. this one, if I could, this would be a vintage that honestly, I'm curious if we could see what it would cost. It's got so many good songs too. You know what I mean? Um, but and and they had a lot of hits in the third album that came out after after this, the third uh, mainstream album. But this album, it was just again, it kind of introduced everybody to the, you know, Pacific Northwest, the sound coming out of there. This was the 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 you know the flag bearers of the grunge movement. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, here, I'm gonna pull up. I have this pulled up on Discogs right now, so I'm curious to see what the marketplace is for vinyl. Just if it was, uh, if you wanted to get one of like the vintage ones. Um, let's see, range is going from euros from. 20 euros to 24 dollars it's a couple of cassettes that are a little that are up there in the 150 dollar range oh to have a cassette again that'd be nice dude Cassettes. yeah it looks like maybe there's an lp here that's running for 50 dollars 
I'm assuming that that one is a, is a vintage from the 90s. It's and it's a, it's an iconic cover too. Everybody oh, easy, knows the baby, iconic. the baby underwater in the pool chasing the dollar. If I'm mistaken, it just had its 20 year re, 20 juice, 20. It's no. an anniversary. No, not not 20. That's a 30 and 30 year anniversary. I think. I don't know, dude. It's fucking. Old, it just though. happened. It's um, too. I'm too old, bro. I don't want to know about <laughs> that. But yeah, that you gotta have. You gotta have. Gotta Nirvana's, have Nirvana. Nir- of course. Ne- never mind. Um, another album. I think I'm gonna pull from. It, this is a must have. It's. I think it's a no brainer. Be surprised if you didn't pull. Well, I guess I wouldn't be because you have a lot of good albums you're going to pull. I already know. Uh, Zeppelin Four for me. That's uh, that's on my list. It's on your list. Yep. It's this is a uh, not to be cliche or tacky, but I think for anyone out there that's going to say I'm going to have a vinyl collection, if you weren't handed this down, if this wasn't one of your first pickups, or this isn't the reason why you started collecting vinyl. This has got to be on your list. I know this I, album also is I mean, is is the intro to Zeppelin for a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. The first albums, that, the first song they hear is "Stairway to Heaven." Always, I mean, that's how I learned Zeppelin. And then you find out it's on four, so you're like, "Oh, let me listen out what else is on there." And then, beginning to end, not one bad song. Not at every all. song on that album is killer. Oh God, killer! Zeppelin four is just like it, it's a little it's a little overwhelming too. When you get into it, you're just like, "Wait, this is Led Zeppelin." you realize that very few bands are going to put out an album to this caliber and just appreciate what it is. My, my absolute favorites. One of my favorite songs is when the levee breaks the last track on this and they filmed this. I mean, they filmed, sorry, they recorded this album uh, in the countryside uh, in England, in the castle. Mm -hmm. And for this song specifically, they wanted to bring um, Bonham's drum set up to us, the recording to uh, the, wherever they were recording up in like the third floor or something like that. But they didn't want to lug it all the way up these like spiral staircase. And it's like the spiral staircase and the walls are like this stone walls and stuff. So instead, they had him set it up at the very base, at the very center of the staircase at the bottom. And they hung uh, microphones from the top. So when you hear that... <laughs> It, that reverberation is all natural reverb from that recording process. So I think I wonder if it's stuff like that, like those memories and those stories and tales that this is an album is so iconic for its sound for a specific reason. Bro, Stairway to Heaven, right? Like, mm-hmm. just think about that. They wrote that uh, Steve um, uh, Page, Jimmy Page, and Robert Plant having wine and listening and sitting by a roaring fire in this countryside manor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? He's reading all the the, the Lord of the, the Rings, Lord of the the Rings when they're writing Battle of Evermore. Which again, that to me is love one it. of my absolute favorite. I think songs. that that absolute song actually it. is one of my first introductions to Amanda Lynn. Oh, really? Yeah, like as a kid, like that was like I remember. Who is she, Amanda Lynn? <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember being a kid and going to like one of the local uh, guitar stores and seeing like this small guitar instrument, be like, oh, and then I maybe I at some point I noticed it was a mandolin, but I didn't understand what sound it was. I just was like, okay. But when I made the connection of Zeppelin with, um, it's not Misty, it's Misty Mountain Hop where the mandolin is. Battle of Evermore. Ba- Battle of Evermore. Battle of Evermore is where you start to hear that and you're like, all right, it's kind of that connection. I love it. It's a beautiful sound. Okay, I played one. Zeppelin 4 is on mine too. Very nice. So yeah, 100%. If you, if you don't have this in your collection, you, do you even have a collection, bro? <laughs> I mean. That should be like your, one of your things you say. If this is not in your collection, do you even have a collection, bro? Easily. Um, all right. My next one. Wu-Tang Clan, Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers. Game changer. Game changer. For the world of hip-hop in the early 90s, 
this was, I mean, so if I'm a huge hip hop head, okay, mm-hmm. I know about the old school DJs, the break dancing kids, uh, the the birth of the MC, right? Then there was the 80s style hip hop, the da 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 but there was also that one that's a moment, and I'm here to say, I'm getting on down in it's a funky way. It's just a fun. kind of way of like a fun, yeah, fun party kind of rapping. Uh, and then there was some, you know, darker rap, and then gangster rap started coming out of the West. Uh, but on the East, you know, East Coast beats and the stuff coming from New York always had a specific kind of grimy kind of street sound, right? Um, and Wu Tang Clan decided that not only we're going to take the that kind of concrete jungle. Uh, you know, griminess, but let's add some Far East. Let's add some Kung Fu because they're huge fans of Kung oh, Fu. Yeah. As I was, my dad grew up. I'm like, I watched. I grew up watching it because my dad and his, his brothers would watch it, and then they would like pretend Kung Fu fight all the time in the living room. I remember really being a little kid on the couch watching this, but I'd watch these movies. I absolutely. I mean, I love old school Kung Fu films. Which, what's your favorite old school Kung Fu film? I don't know them by the titles, dude. I was a kid. Well, I, mean, I mean, I just know them from you know, but uh, but the fact that the RZA, the producer on this album, um, would incorporate these in the samples, and you hear these cuts of these, like the dialogue from from some of these kung fu flicks, and then you'd hear the. <laughs> but because when they're fighting, like on a kung fu film, you literally move your hand, and it, apparently it makes the the sound of rushing air. It's like, <laughs> like seriously, yeah. So like Obviously. you hear that shit, you hear the fighting on the on the album, and it's just like, oh my god, this is so good. But then. To hear all the MCs that came off this, I was like, who has a group with this many members? And then if you go back and listen to this album, there are no like choruses. It's just each one comes out with their own things and that's it. It's about them coming out, saying their lines, and then the next member and then the next member. And there's and maybe there's a uh, there's a chant or something, uh, but there's it's not there's no like actual structured like songs in, yeah. in terms of, this is a legit straight off the streets of new york rap album and one of my absolute favorites and a must have in any collection easily i never noticed that about the no choruses i i don't know how i never picked up on that that's yeah definitely give you a different appreciation and it's cool to hear that you know i think when people do think of a vinyl collection their minds do kind of tend to kind of what I pulled and kind of all more classic my rock, not just all classic rock, but more of older, like seventies and eighties, at least like the, that they don't think of moving into the nineties. Um, Dude, there was stuff even released a few, I was going to have somebody, I was going to put Kendrick Lamar on mine, but then I was like, uh, not yet. Not yet. Maybe on a future episode. All right. Uh, following in with you into the nineties, I will pull off. I have green day dookie. Oh yeah. Gotta Must, have it. Like, Gotta have it. You were talking about how uh, Nirvana and um, Nevermind was really kind of that album that kind of turned your generation. I know Dookie was not for my generation, but it was presented to me at that same pivotal moment of 13, 14, yeah. freshman in high school. And it was just like, this was that album that was different. Like, I like Ska, and that was different than what my parents listened to. But they made fun. It was, ska was always like that, uh, that is that off weird genre. This was punk rock. This was something that was more aggressive and angry. And this is what made me think this is the kind of music that I like. And I know that for a fact, this is the genre that my parents definitely were not fans of. And it just stirred something. You know, I had no, to put I it on here. Uh, even so much so that Lindsay, we got her her record player uh, a couple years ago. First vinyl, I made sure we got Dookie. Have to. 
have to like I, I was it like, is it's an, inf- it's an influential band and the, the songs for that age like the age yes. of growing up like it's 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 for that coming of age time that this album hits it right on the head because they again they sing about kind of being this lost youth right yes. and not having any connection to adults and adults not understanding them um and that's what every kid feels so when they hear a band that puts out that kind of music and makes it sound that good you connect you're just like okay they know who i am mm-hmm. they literally are reading my soul yep it's like, i mean that's basically how i felt yeah nice what do you got next last one pink floyd animals so most people would probably put the wall, and you should have the wall. Dark Side of the Moon, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. But I always feel like, even Wish You Were Here, everybody, but I always feel like Animals never gets the love it should get. And this album is, from beginning to end, amazing. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous album. Uh, my One of my absolute favorite songs by this band is on this album, Dogs, um, because it also contains one of David Gilmore's greatest guitar work. I mean, some of his best guitar work ever, 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 ever. There's a piece in it where like just the way he bends and plays these notes, it literally feels like your like your soul is ripping out. Like it's it's such a heartbreaking sound just the way it comes. Oh, my God. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. One, it's an amazing piece of artwork. Um all the way down to the artwork, the the it's an iconic piece of artwork with mm-hmm. the it's um it's a factory, a four pillared factory yep. with a floating pig above it, a big balloon. It's a pig, um yeah, dude, love it. Animals, if you if you if you have to have Pink Floyd, obviously you're gonna have the iconic albums, but don't sleep on Animals. Animals is just absolute brilliance. Great, you know, lyrics. Uh, vocals are are phenomenal. The production on their al- albums were always phenomenal, but this one. Man, put on dogs. Listen to dogs and just listen to the what they're saying and just listen to the the guitar work, dude. Listen to it. It's just oh, blow you away. Mm-hmm. Um, with Pink Floyd in my collection, I do have uh, "Wish You Were Here," mm-hmm. and it was it was actually the first uh, Pink Floyd vinyl I picked up. It was very, it was after getting into Pink Floyd, it was very just obvious. Like, all right, I have to have this, so I did. It's not on my list. Uh, we we had doubled up on Zeppelin Four for you, so I have two left. Um, just gonna try and drop them. Rush twenty one twelve. Yep. Have to. Uh, this is one of those. This was an album that really started to expand me and my interest and taste as far as lyrically, and as far as as a musicianship. When I heard twenty one twelve, it wasn't just all right. Songs can be fun and catchy, but now they are gonna tell a story. Yeah, this is a theme. Uh, what do you call it? A, a concept. Album. Concept. Well, I don't know if the whole, not. Yeah. The first side. Yeah, the first side is the an whole entire, thing is a concept album. Twenty one twelve, yeah. Well, no, well, because it's so it's a two sided. The first side is twenty one twelve. The other side is the out al- are are just the songs. Do the do the other songs all tell the con- the concept? <laughs> I got you. That's what I'm saying. But no, like the the full like yeah one side is just this giant masterpiece of almost full on twenty one minutes of just telling the story of uh, the future with music has been taken away, disbanded, and someone finds a guitar. And as a kid, that kind of just something there spoke to me and said, you need to write music. And I think I some of my first songs that I remember writing were very much inspired from that. Uh, and then finally, to fill, to fill off my uh, must-haves is uh, The Beatles, Meet The Beatles. Just because I think if you're going to build up a vinyl collection, you got to have to pull from the greats. You should pull from where it all started, too, if you're able to find it. And Meet The Beatles was one of my first vinyls. 
was one of the first albums that I think I've played it front and back so much that like the album itself is warped just nice. from nonstop use. That's awesome. And I mean, if you're going to have a collection, you probably should have the same in yours. So there you go. I mean, five albums that are must haves. Thank you so much. I agree, dude. Yes, that was a lot of good ones you had as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good ones. Definitely. Thank you. You brought some really good ones. I wasn't expecting the Wu-Tang or Jay-Z. Come on Not, now. I thought you were going to go stay with the classic mindset. So I'm, I'm very intrigued to see uh, what other five albums you would add to your collection on next. Dude, time. I'll come on. I'll come on to this series anytime. Hell yeah. Let's build this collection. So, uh, Chris, let everyone know where they can find you. What other shows you're a part of? No. Got <laughs> listen. No, listen to um, uh, I do history creeps on the network, BICBP-radio.com. Uh obviously the same network that this show is a part of. But yeah, I do history creeps. I do Chris and Anthony just can't stop. Uh I do silence your phones. And at some point here I'm gonna do my own show, just a solo show. I've been wanting to do it forever. So it's coming at whenever I sit down and actually record something. Um yeah, that's about it. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining on. Guys, uh, divers, check out the YouTube. Follow, hit, like, subscribe. Check out uh, the shows on iTunes, Spotify. Please leave reviews, rate us, like us, all the above. Uh, Check out the Facebook pages and keep diving. Sweet.